Brainwaves. Hear the world differently. Tune in to 3CR Community Radio Wednesdays at 5pm for Brainwaves, Melbourne's drive-time radio show. Giving voice to people with mental illness. One in five have a mental illness, but five in five can enjoy this great program featuring heartwarming stories, great information and some laughs as well. Find us at 3CR. 855 on your AM dial. Sponsored by Mental Illness Fellowship of Victoria. Hello listeners and welcome back to another episode of Brainwaves on 3CR, sponsored by My Fellowship of Victoria. My name's Tu and today on the show we have Minto Felix, the coordinator of the Australians for Mental Health Advocacy Movement and the Mental Health Programs Coordinator at Monash University. But before the interview, we're going to go to a quick CSA. Are you having a hard time controlling the way you eat? Food Addicts in Recovery Anonymous is a recovery program for people who suffer from food obsession, overeating, bulimia and undereating. FA is free and open to all women, men and teens that want to stop eating addictively. For a list of regular weekly meetings in the Melbourne area, visit foodaddicts.org. Okay, so we're on Brainwaves, panelling today is myself too, and interviewing is Kiara. Hello. All right, Minto. Um, well, thanks for coming to the show today. Um, we're really eager to find out about uh, your campaign called the Australians for Mental Health um, Movement. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the advocacy campaign? Absolutely. So, you know, what we believe and what I'm sure, you know, you and um, too believe is um, a quality of care for every Australian for their mental health that is the same as their physical health. So if somebody gets sick today from a cold, um, we'd know exactly what to do. We'd go to the doctor and get a prescription. And the solution to that illness is, is very simple and it's very clear. Whereas for too many people in our community living with mental illness, it's a very, very difficult and complicated process. You know, I could tell you so many stories of people that um, I come across in my work and, and through this campaign of, you know, just wanting to get a very simple treatment um, for mild anxiety, but having to wait three weeks to see a professional or, you know, really quite tragic stories of, of people that perhaps lose their loved ones because they weren't able to get quality, fair, um, accessible care at the right time. So really what we're saying through Australians for Mental Health is that our system is in crisis, our system is broken, and our system can be so much better. You know, we have some of the world's leading innovators and thinkers around mental health, and we have have made some positive steps forward in particularly the way that we think about um, our young people's mental health and well-being. You know, we also have probably the most increased levels of community awareness around these issues, but we need to have a system of care that really matches and, and backs that level of awareness. So um, what we're hoping to do is mobilising everyday Australians like yourselves and, and me and, and many others around the country to say to our governments, you know, we can do better. Um, and this is a campaign that is fiercely able political. We believe that all political parties um, can be doing so much more to change the status quo. So um, this, is a go- this is a campaign that is in it for the long haul um, and are seeking to change uh, the way in which our care is delivered 
uh, for, for Australians. Yeah, because so, Pat McGorry actually mentioned the uh, the campaign on the show a few weeks ago. How did the campaign start and how did you get involved? Mm, so I think the campaign and its um, sort of values of bringing together the community to uh, demand better mental health, so, mm-hmm. um, the, the values of the campaign in bringing together the community uh, to demand better mental health care has been an idea that's been at work for a number of years actually and in the minds of many different people. Um, I'm sure some of you might remember in sort of the um, end of the 2009-10 period, um, there was a a whole lot of um, activity that was organised by GetUp to secure some money into mental health funding and um, particularly into young people's mental health that then started off um, Headspace and um, the early psychosis centres. And that came through because the community decided that actually, you know, enough is enough. You know, we need to uh, do more, particularly for our young people's mental health. And, and we do have headspace now and we know that, that that's making an important difference for our young people. But, you know, we've still got the rest of the community, um, our elderly community, people that are, uh, you know, at the, at the, at the prime of their, their life in their 30s and 40s, you know, children. You know, we've got um, a mental health system that needs to be able to provide care for all people in our community, um, especially those that are most vulnerable. Okay, so the campaign actually looks at the treatment of mental health for individuals that maybe under 18 and for those over the age of 65 as well. Absolutely. So Australians for Mental Health stands for all Australians for Mental Health and getting a quality of care that is, you know, that we're all deserving of. Yeah, that's fantastic because often you find in in, um, the demographic of people over the age of 65 there's nothing in the treatment of, of mental health. It's it's often a, a nursing home. There's mm. no funding um, and there's nothing to actually provide people who have mental health issues that are in that demographic with any sort of support. Yeah, absolutely. And we've got to also, you know, embrace and look to the reality that our population is one that's increasingly ageing. Mm. We, we need our politicians and, you know, let's recognise the fact that we have a new Prime Minister, very, very new Prime Minister, you know, who I believe and, and his government, I believe, have the ability and, um, you know, have the opportunity to really cast a long-term, clearly costed, evidence-based plan for mental health reform in this country mm. that is for all Australians. Yeah so Minto you I think you've just um, touched on this you know successive governments have been neglecting Australians living with mental health for as long as we can remember really why do you think governments invest so little proportional to the actual size of the problem? Mm, that's such a great question I wish I <laughs> wish I had a simple answer for you um, I, I really don't know I feel like i um, uh, growing up, so I'm I'm 23, um, but growing up here in Australia for the last sort of 15 years, I feel like I've seen a pretty big shift, in, particularly in the last 10 years, and and that is um, that you know when I was um, 13, I don't think I ever heard anybody talking about mental illness or mental health, and what I think we've seen over the last 10 years is that we actually talk about it um, in a more of a um, you know. Um, normalised way and we talk about it as a community, it's not something that's very, very far away. Of course, you know, um, awareness and um, destigmatisation of mental illness is, is always important, but I think it's definitely more in the mainstream than it has ever mm. been before. Um, so I think that governments and organisations have really focused on um, awareness raising of mental health, but perhaps what we haven't actually done also is really provide the care and the architecture um, of care to match that awareness raise. Mm. So the awareness has been raised and people want to seek treatment, but that treatment process is a bit quite 
it's fuzzy. I think and so. It's not clear. I think so. I mean, if we look at the um, if we look at the evidence of um, of sort of help seeking, you know, let's look at young people for example. You know, there's um, of of the fact that every um, of the of the five young people that have mental ill health, only one of them still seeks help. Mm. I mean, that's clearly there's clearly gaps in service delivery there that we need to be changing. Mm. I think you sound quite passionate about it and I think the campaign's quite lucky to have you. Can I ask who else is involved in, in the campaign along with yourself? Yeah, absolutely. So there's a whole a whole pool of us that are part of Australians for Mental Health. We seem to be growing um, every day. Um, at the heart of the campaign's work is a group of um, Australians from all walks of life and diverse experiences who have one thing in common um, that, and that is they want to see um, you know, a fairer, fairer mental health care um, system, you know that we have we have a couple who travel up from Albury Wodonga who lost their daughter um, at the age of fifteen who are very passionate about the campaign we have, um, you know a brother who's uh, a carer to uh, someone with schizophrenia. We've got um, you know a, a, a person who has spent um, their their whole life working in this space and and, and knows very intimately uh, what are its you know strengths but also what are its flaws that really require reform. So there's a, a whole group of us that come together that provide ideas and input into the into the broader direction and goals of the campaign. And then within that group, and also we're working with an organisation called Think HQ, um, who are very um, expert at communications and messaging, who really sort of you know pull together those ideas into very clear plans and um, actions that we can all take. Mm. Um, but um, yeah, it's it's very it's very much becoming clear that um, Australians for Mental Health is in for the long haul um, and um, I'm really looking forward to over the next 18 months uh, as we head to an election period to know what we can achieve during this very critical time but also I'm really uh, you know I'm, I'm also not naive I know mental health isn't going to be um, you know solved overnight this is going to be something that really requires consistent pressure consistent um, you know voices that, that demand better just given where we are and so I really am excited about what the future holds for this you know for this community. Yeah so the campaign's all about kind of greater and more effective investment in mental health in Australia as you mentioned is the money more money the issue or does investment need to incorporate things like planning accountability etc? Mm, so I think it's both um, I, I think for, for too long uh, I feel a big um, a big part of the reason for why mental health care in this country has been so chop and change is because money gets taken from one pool and, and given to another pool or, you know, people, you know, just don't seem to, nobody seems to have enough of the resources they need to do their work. Um, and if they do, it's gone tomorrow. Um, and so I think we, as Australians for Mental Health, really reject the notion that they're at present, that there is enough money. You know, we think that there should be um, a greater amount of investment made into mental health care. I mean, we've got um, 13% of, uh, in, in the most conservative estimates, say like 13% of our community live with mental ill health but we have seven percent of our healthcare budget dedicated to it so I think it needs to you know clearly clearly there's a, there's a disparity there um, having said that though we also know that money needs to go to services and treatments and approaches that make a difference um, and that also have a very clear evidence base behind them um, and so what we're really calling for is um, I guess really the government to reimagine you know look at what's working really well but reimagine how we should uh, be 
be caring for each other in our community. You know, what are the big gaps at the moment? You know, for our community, a big gap is really around the absence of community-based care services for people that are, um, you know, chronically unwell or, um, you know, need sort of continuing care post, um, you know, a really sort of serious episode. Where do they go? You know, or for someone that is unable to get an appointment uh, with their GP or with their, you know, immediate professional, where do they go? You know, we need we need a, we need a system of care that really, um, you know, is, is supporting people in a continuing way. But we also know that our hospitals actually serve a really, really important um, purpose in in the mental health um, architecture. Um, but but they also need to be delivering care in such a way that is modern and that is um, really, um, you know. I guess, therapeutic for the people that are accessing those services. And so, you know, we're also really calling for a transformation of the way in which the inpatient services look like for hospitals so that they are welcoming, that there's a really dedicated and passionate, you know, skilled workforce that are there to support the community. So, you know, I wish there was a simple solution. If there was a simple solution, you know, we, would have, we wouldn't be having this conversation right now. But um, we need to have this conversation. We need to have a really um, discursive, really, you know, comprehensive conversation about these issues because that's what's required, a comprehensive reform of, of the status quo. Mm. You, were, you were mentioning before about... Um the goals of the campaign. Can I ask what what are the values of the campaign, and what does the campaign actually um, aim to achieve? Mm-hmm. So for us, there are you know three or four main things that really sort of um, stand out. So one is we we really want to ensure that there is a an increased funding in early intervention and community based care services because we think that there is a really clear gap in the service delivery in that in that area. Um, a second, a second goal, or a second really key sort of item, is that we need to be able to better leverage the role of technology in the way that we provide mental health care for people, particularly for those that are not living in, you know, metropolitan cities. Mm. Thirdly, you know, a very, very important pressing goal for us, and the one that's probably, um, you know, really, really quite um, complex in many ways, but perhaps one of the most important is that we want to see um, a community where we're working towards a target goal of zero. Um, um, in suicides, you know, we believe that you know, this will take a really whole of community approach at a policy, at a social care, at a systems based level. But that's what's required, um, and that kind of thinking is required to, you know, um, to see a, a real reduction in the loss of life. And also, you know, a final goal for us is is making sure that our mental health funding and system is able to treat those. Um, you know, that are most vulnerable in our community in a timely, accessible way. So looking at how people can actually get services in the quickest and most efficient way possible. Great. Well, we're just going to go to a quick song um, and we'll be right back after New England by Billy Bragg. I was 21 years when I wrote this song I'm 22 now but I won't be for long People ask me when will you grow up to be a man But all the girls I love in school are already pushing brands I loved you then as I love you still Though I put you on a pedestal, they put you on the pill I don't feel bad about letting you go I just feel sad about letting you know Just looking for a new England I'm just looking for another 
another girl. Welcome back, listeners. You're listening to Brainwaves on 3CR, 8.55am on your dial. Before the break, we've been speaking to Minto Felix, the coordinator of Australians for Mental Health Advocacy Movement and the Mental Health Programs Coordinator at Monash University. Thanks, too. Um, so, Minto, the campaign mentions um, clear pathways for treatment and support. Um, many of our listeners would agree that the mental health system can be quite confusing and unclear at times and getting support is not as easy as we would like it to be. Uh, How does the campaign envision the accessibility of of treatment? Mm. Great question, Chiara. And I I guess as someone that... um uh, you know, has has lived experience with mental illness and not a, um, a sector systematic, you know, uh, look at these things. You know, I know what um, we need to change, but the, the ins and outs of that, you know, require obviously um, a lot more thinking. So I guess um, what I want to say to this question is that, you know, we need to make sure that it is easy for people to seek um, treatment for mental illness in the same way that it is for physical health. Um, and so I think the, the logical and most important part of that is really in primary care um, and in the way that our um, you know, GP clinics and um, you know, uh, sort of that immediate first point of care is set okay. up for people. So really thinking about how do we better integrate mental health service provision in those settings? How do we actually make it easier for people to, to see a psychologist or a social worker or a, you know, or a psychiatrist, whatever it might be, in a, in a timely, accessible way? Um, the other thing also is, um, in, in terms of pathways to care, is that we've got to make it easier for people to seek help. So within every workplace setting and school and um, you know other sort of environment where communities of people come together, you know, we've got to be able to train people to better recognise signs and symptoms of peers, colleagues, people that they support that have mental illness and be able to know how to best support and refer them. So, you know, imagine if we had a, a community where, you know, every... Um, um, sort of every per- every person that was responsible for supporting others was trained in mental health first aid. That's a really practical intervention that I think most people in our community would say, actually, that would be important. You know, that way we're able to recognise and, you know, identify both symptoms for ourselves but also for others and, and know what to do to support someone that's either in distress or, or, or not so. So I think those are some of the solutions, but, yeah. you know, it requires a lot more detail and thinking. And um, what we see as Australians for Mental Health's role here is that we want to mobilise the community to articulate the kind of care that they want. But in terms of really drilling out the specifics, well, we think that is absolutely um, the role of the government to work with the community, but also to work with your experts, to work with your sector organisations to really define what that looks like. Okay, so it's pretty much, it's up to the community to kind of raise our voices and say, this is what we want, this is what we, you know, need from um, our government to, to provide us so that we can get the, the appropriate treatment. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, and you mentioned before as well that a lot of it does seem to be at that primary level around, you know, the education of, of GPs because generally a lot of GPs aren't trained in mental health and a lot of them don't have a very good understanding of, of mental health issues. Mm. Um, and, you know... The GPs are, are the gatekeepers, essentially. Um, you know, if, if you do have a mental health issue, you go to your GP. Mm. Um, and if your GP doesn't have, your local GP doesn't have that, um, at least a basic understanding, uh, 
you know, people, you know, can very easily fall through the gaps. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the other thing that I want to really mention here is that, you know, we've got to be really careful at sort of, I think, pointing the finger at people. Um, or, you know, by, by no means, you know, do I believe that we don't have a really well-intentioned, um, you know, and very skilled workforce and medical professionals, but they need to be enabled through the system, through the healthcare system, mm. to spend the time, you know, that is required to support someone with mental ill health. Um, and so if you've got a GP working in really, really tight conditions and with very sort of fixed limited ways resources. of work, you know, limited resources, yeah. it's hard to actually do that. But also that's why we complement their efforts with, you know, having um, a professional in place that can really dedicate energy and time to mental health. You know, I don't think that it's reasonable for a person that's seeking uh, mental ill health to have to wait, you know, three, four weeks to mm-hmm. see someone. You know, it's just not fair, really. Um, it's got to be better than what we have today. Yeah. Um, the campaign also mentions the the effective use of technology, and I'm I'm interested to get a comment from you around how you feel technology is playing a role in the treatment of mental health issues and how it can be utilised in, in the future. Yeah, well, I mean, isn't it interesting that all three of us are, you know, pretty young people and, you I'm know, actually the same age as you, I was uh, going to say. Uh, awesome. I'm the oldest person in the room. <laughs> that never happens. <laughs> but, you know, we are growing up with technology. We don't know a world without technology mm-hmm. and technology is a part of our social environment, our economic currency, but also it needs to be part of our health environment, I think. Um, and we've got to be really... Um, you know, clever and creative about um, how we can you know, use technology to support our mental health. I think where technology has a really interesting role to play um, is in providing um, access for people that either don't want to seek face-to-face support, you know, yet or ever, um, but but also may not be able to access those services in time. So I think I was reading about a project today around um, a virtual, you know, clinic that um, is being piloted at um, the Australian National University uh, for students students that are unable to seek support, you know, face-to-face, they can sort of go on and do some self-help, self-assessment uh, to really sort of start the process of understanding, you know, what, what may be some of the signs and symptoms that they're experiencing. So I think we need to, you know, really think about, you know, how we can use technology in, 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 in improving access. The thing that's very important about technology is that it must be um, underpinned uh, by really clear evidence base. So there's obviously a lot of different apps and tools and, you know, therapies and, you know, there's there's endless amount of content, but we need to make sure that we're actually looking at what's working mm. and that we're actually taking to scale um, and really um, developing what is working and what's making the most amount of difference for our community. Yeah, I think I've downloaded mm. like over 100 med- different meditation apps. Um, anyway, so going back to the um, your talk about the current political climate and sort of the ever-changing faces of the government, um, how do you think this will impact on how the campaign is received? Um, to be honest, I, I really, um, uh, to be honest, I'm, I'm really not concerned about the changing faces of the government. It makes, of course, it makes doing advocacy really hard, but we have just got to keep pushing, and we've got to keep, um, you know, really talking to the the. It's not just one person that makes decisions in in politics. It's a whole team of people, um, and we've got to talk to all of them. Um, I think what we need from our governments, and I think it would be amazing to see this at you know state and at a federal level, that people 
people that can really champion uh, reform. I think we've got a lot of people that really care about mental health and raising awareness around mental health, but a lot of them that would also agree by the very same token that our system can be better and that you know things things should be different. But no one's actually saying I am going to take this on as my project and really drive reform and really speak out about this and really put forward ideas and visions and thinking around what a, a system of the 21st century should look like. So I think it'll be amazing to see more mental health reform champions within government um, to really take up this cause as well. I'm, I'm interested to know with the campaign, where is it at, at the moment? I know you mentioned um, earlier that, well, before when we were chatting, that um, it was launched last week. Yes. So it's still very new. Yeah, 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 yeah. It feels like because this is an issue that has been so close to all our hearts for so long that the campaign and its ideals have been around forever. Maybe because, you know, a system that's broken has also been around for for far too long but actually this campaign in its organized form and in seeking to create change has only been around for the last fortnight um so the first part of the campaign is a crowdfund that seeks to raise money to enable the rest of the campaign which will involve things like training local community members to meet with their MPs coordinating nationwide days of action you know producing really high quality communications online that you know can reach a lot of people and that can put pressure on the government so a whole heap of activities planned but we need to raise the money to do all of that work first so we've got a crowdfund happening at the moment and um, that's almost at ten thousand dollars which is really really exciting but more important than the $10,000 is the number of people who have supported us. You know, small amount of money, large amount of money, doesn't matter. But um, they've really they've really come on board to show that, you know, they believe in this campaign, that they support it, they want to be a part of making Australians for Mental Health um, happen. And we're really excited about that because these are people that, you know, we believe are going to help propel our campaign into the future. Um so that's where we're at. Yeah. So how much are you how much um, money are you guys hoping to raise, mm. and what's going to happen with that money? How mm-hmm. is that going to be used? Yeah. So our target is fifty thousand dollars, and we think that's a pretty realistic, achievable target within the next thirty-eight days. So if any of your listeners are um, you know interested, they can absolutely um, head online um, to chaff.org forward slash end this madness and and donate. Um, a great tagline. <laughs> I love the tag. You. Uh, but in terms of of uh, what comes after that, um, we've got three key moments that we're really looking to mobilise the community around, three national days of action where we want people around Australia um, hosting forums and events and vigils where they can invite their local members of parliament, uh, people that are important to them in their lives, media journalists, whatever it might be, to really put this issue on the agenda. So those are are days of action that we see growing in scale. That obviously takes resources to to pull together. But also happening throughout that time is, you know, doing really high quality, you know, it's the it's the way of the world, right, is, is through the online world and through, through online technology and social media, but being able to raise money to, to fund a very high-quality, compelling communications campaign as well. Mm. I've um, actually checked out the website, and I, I love the fact that on the website it's got a share-your-story component mm. to it um, where people can share their experience of mental health, either as somebody with a peer experience or somebody who's been a carer, family member or friend, Um I think that's really important that it gives somebody a platform to mm. actually tell their story where they may not 
have had that opportunity in the past. Yeah, that is um, the campaign. You've you've hit it in in such a in such a simple way, Kiara. That is the campaign. It is about you know sharing the sh- stories of people, sharing the stories of people who've been impacted by mental ill health. And through that story sharing, we will be able to change the perspectives of of our government and 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 compel them to to take action. But mm. um, story sharing is what will take place through those national days of action. Story sharing is what's happening through our social media at the moment, and that will continue to happen. Stories are everything. Yeah. So I, I did want to ask, you know, how are these stories that are being submitted by the general public being used and how do they contribute to the campaign? Yeah. So it's been a combination of people coming to us with their stories wanting to share, but also us going out and searching for different types of stories and, you know, putting them, giving them a platform to, to, you know, to share them. Um, so the way in which stories have been used so far have been through our, um, our online communications campaign through the video videos that have been produced and you know, over time what you know those stories will become a, a case studies to take to members of parliament to share with them look how many lives you know are being impacted by this and you know you know through story sharing really changing their minds but also um you know stories are I guess, help us also um, think about what are the priorities of the campaign. So often what we know, you know, through these stories is that there is a theme, there are a common set of issues and those are the values that we spoke about earlier that we're, that we're speaking out for. So it helps us and reminds us of this is what we stand for as Australians for Mental Health. Great. Well, if any listeners would like to sign up for the Australians for Mental Health advocacy campaign, then you can visit www.australiansformentalhealth.org.au. Thanks so much for coming on the show, Minto. A pleasure. Thanks for having me too and Kiara. Thanks, guys. Thanks for coming on the show, Minto. You can listen to podcasts of our show at www.brainwaves.org.au or visit the 3CR website. Then us your thoughts, feedback or just get in contact. Especially if you have a story, suggestions or topic you'd like to share, email us at brainwaves at mifellowship.org. Thanks for listening and be sure to tune in to 3CR next Wednesday at 5pm for another episode of Brainwaves. Stay tuned for Renegade Economist. Never mind.